You're listening to the Gov Future Podcast, highlighting discussions and insights around innovative technology impacting the public sector. Hear from experts working with and inside the government on ways that technology is shaping the future of the public sector. On this episode, we speak with Andrea Brandon, Deputy Assistant Secretary, Budget, Finance, Grants and Acquisitions at Department of Interior, DOI. We discuss how IT modernization is necessary for federal agencies to harness the power of data to drive informed decision-making and improve citizen services. We talk about the DOI's new innovation lab and how federal agencies can foster a culture of data-driven innovation and collaboration to accelerate IT modernization initiatives. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to the GovFuture podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ron Schmelzer. And thank you again for many of you who have been sending us some great feedback about some of the great interviews we've been having here on Gut Future across the board with so many public sector thought leaders and folks who are doing some really cool innovation work across federal, state, local, international government, some nonprofit even, and across all different areas of uh, innovation, whether it's, of course, AI, because it's hard not to talk about AI these days, but data and analytics and automation, IT modernization and cloud and cyber and zero trust. We've been having so many great conversations. And if this is your first Gov Future podcast, I encourage you to go back, listen to so many of these good, great conversations with all these different folks from so many different perspectives of the public sector. And that's what Gov Future podcast is here for. It's for you, our listeners. So we like to hear from you. We're not here talking to ourselves. You are our audience. So please let us know what you think. And really, you know, help us uh, gain some more insights from how governments are and public sector agencies are adopting transformative technology and conversations on key topics helping you, our listeners, and our GovFuture members learn the latest innovations and best practices to stay ahead of innovation in the public sector. Exactly. And our GovFuture community really is growing and thriving. We are so excited with, you know, all the different people that we have been getting involved in the community and all the different things that we're offering. So if you're not familiar with the Gut Future community, it's the fastest growing community of government innovators. I encourage you to learn more and check it out. Go to govfuture.com and we'll link to that in the show notes as well. But our podcasts are really an opportunity for us to get to talk to everybody in that public sector ecosystem and get to have many different perspectives from different agencies. We're so excited to have with us today, Andrea Brandon, Deputy Assistant Secretary, Budget, Finance, Grants and Acquisitions at Department of Interior. Welcome and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about your background and your current role at Department of Interior. Okay. Um, so as you stated, I am the Deputy Assistant Secretary, very long title, Budget Finance Grants and Acquisitions. I also have small business. So I have the OSDEBU office under my purview, property um, uh, suspension and debarment. But I also have an office under me that I like to talk about a lot. And we'll talk about it, I think, a little bit. Um, they Their original title is the Business Integration Office, the BIO. Um, however, I have asked them to look into a name change because I wanted them to 
um, say that they are the business innovation office. And uh, with that, they told me, well, why don't we change it to business integration and innovation office, the BI squared. So I really love that title. So I also have the BI squared office under my purview um, and they're doing really great things. So yes, um, I've been in the government for 34 years. I've worked in four different federal agencies. I've worked for USDA, HHS, Health and Human Services, the Department of Homeland Security, and I'm currently with the Department of the Interior. And um, I've done uh, quite a bit of uh, innovation over the years, especially uh, within the the HHS uh, starting in 2016. So I'm going to stop right there so that we can get on with the rest of the podcast, but because I can talk forever, but... (laughs) And we encourage that, actually. So we don't want to cut you short. There's a lot of great things. And I think that's we love innovation. We're just we're just techies or trekkies. We're innovation people. We love all this stuff. And I think a lot of the reason why innovation people like Star Trek is because it provides a glimpse of the future, you know, the possibility yes. traveling to planets. But let's bring it to here we are in the, in the current, in the present. And what you're doing at the Innovation Lab, and let's talk a little bit about uh, BI Squared and maybe bring into like, what are these innovations? What are you hoping to accomplish in the short term, maybe the medium term, as long term as you want to look out? And and how are you accomplishing that in what you're doing at the Innovation Lab and BI Squared? Yes, that sounds great. So um, my BI Squared office, um, I love bragging about them. They currently do all of our systems work for our financial management system. Uh, The DOI has uh, our financial management system done through SAP. Uh, So we are currently transitioning to their SAP for HANA, which includes a chatbot and also AI. Um, So we're very excited about that. Um, They also handle our procurement system and our grant system and our property system and a lot of other correlating systems for charge card and fleet management, et cetera. Um, With that in mind, they have been um, for the last few years on an innovative track where we have been creating robotics process automation. So bots, RPA, for several of our business processes. Um, and we have named our various bots and uh, overarchingly, we call them the bot brigade. So um, we're very excited. Our bot brigade is growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, we have six that are currently in operation Um, uh, one being the acquisition bot, Bob the Closer. And we love Bob. He's been, uh, he's allowed us to close out approximately 7,400 contracts to date. Uh, We have OzDebot, which allows us to grab OzDebu small business data um, without having to manually gather that data and reconcile it. We have um, Robot Rob, which actually handles our fleet management data for fuel and so forth. And so we have those six, we have six of them, um, Jack and the Bot, et cetera. We have, we've named them all. They all have really cute names. Um, but we also have a few that are in the hopper, um, two of them that are in, we're uh, putting, we're about to put them in pilot mode shortly. And then we have uh, business cases for about 20 other bots where we are looking at, you know, uh, what is it going to take to actually begin the pilot phase, you know, for those particular 20 bots. The bots are growing. Um, 
They are a growing paradigm, if you will, within DOI, very accepted. And so because of that, we have worked with the BI Squared office and also our Interior Business Center office and our CIO um, to create like a RPA council within DOI so that we can look across all of DOI and, and not be repetitive in our contracting mechanisms and also not be repetitive in the types of bots we're looking at. We want to share you know, if we have a bot that we've already pulled up and it can be used out in one of the bureaus, the Fish and Wildlife Service or National Park Service, et cetera, then we want to be able to share that bot. Um, we don't want them to, to not realize they can have access to a particular bot to do a particular function or business process. So we're very excited about our bot brigade within the DOI. And because our BR Squared office handles all of our uh, business systems for the entire department, and they're very innovative and, and techy, and they're Trekkies too. Um, we have decided to uh, actually turn our Reston office. So we have two, the, the BI Squared office is located in Colorado and in Denver, Colorado, and also in Reston, Virginia. And so initially we were thinking to do the innovation lab in, in Colorado, but you know, more of our um, uh, Department of Interior staff and employees and, and bureaus and functions are here in D.C., in the D.C. metropolitan area. So we decided instead to turn the Ruston office into our innovation lab. And so we're very excited. Innovation, not just with systems, so doing more RPA, also looking into um, artificial intelligence. We have several projects uh, that we're planning to pilot and demo in addition to the AI that's going to be in our financial management system. But we have other AI projects. And then, of course, we're looking into, yeah, we're looking into chat GPT. You know, so uh, Microsoft just said that they had the public version. They just launched the public public service version of chat GPT. So we're, we're looking into that. But we're also looking into other innovations for blockchain distributed ledger technology um, with regard to possibly how we look at the uh, property management within the department, um, how we look at uh, retaining the titles for our land because we are the largest landholder in the federal government. So looking at distributive ledger technology, we're we're looking into it. We haven't started a project just yet, but we are looking at that. Um, and we're looking at other augmented reality, virtual reality projects as well. And so with that, we would like to have um, it where you can, where anyone in, in the Department of the Interior or any other federal agencies or even public, you know, have a public access as well, where you could go to the resident office and you could look and see a demonstration of the various innovative technologies that we've implemented or that are being piloted. Um, so we're looking at that, but we're also looking at changing the actual physical infrastructure to include like, you know, smart glass in, in the walls for conference rooms and, you know, different types of um, I, actual IT peripherals. Instead of having like laptops on the desk, we use like um, table, table computers. I, you know, I don't want to say a particular vendor name, but, you know, different types of peripherals. So when you walk in, you get that, you can actually say, you know, hi Alexa, what's the temperature in the room? Or when is my next conference? And and she can she's wired in to speak to you. So you don't need to dial in through your iPhone or your iWatch or your laptop. You can actually just talk to the AI. You can talk to the virtual assistant, you know, through through the fact that we have updated and innovated the actual infrastructure within the Reston facility. So we're looking into all of that. 
totally want to change it. We have lots and lots of things on the table as far as innovation for Reston, for the Reston facility. Can't get into all of it here. It will go on and on. It's really exciting and definitely can't wait to start inviting you know, DOI, people, uh, offices, bureaus, and our fellow federal agencies and others to our innovation lab. Yeah, I think that's a great resource, you know, especially when it's available. We'll definitely stay in touch, let our listeners know, <laughs> because it's a great, you know, it, and then different agencies can look to you and say, look at what the Department of Interior has done. We can do this too. Mm-hmm. Um, and for our listeners that don't know, Andrea was at our uh, DC Gov Future event, our June 2023 Gov Future Forum. And I will make sure to link to that in the show notes. We had an incredible panel, an incredible panel. And I loved all of your, you know, different perspectives, especially everything that you had to share. So if our folks haven't listened to that, we I definitely encourage you to listen to it. And we have made a podcast out of it as well. Uh, but at that panel, we talked about IT modernization very broadly. And I know that you have a really great background. You worked at a few different agencies. You're able to bring all those perspectives with you and everything that you've learned from that, because we always say, you know, you can learn in the failures and you can learn in the successes. Really look at both of them. So in this context of IT modernization, how can federal agencies harness the power of data to drive informed decision-making and improve citizen services? So I think that's a really great question. Um, What I have done in the Department of the Interior is we have taken the data, our our financial management business system, which incorporates our financial management data, our procurement data, our grants data, property data, programmatic data, et cetera. And I asked my team about three years ago to create an executive dashboard portal for me. So initially it was uh, for my decision-making ability. So it, it actually coordinates various dashboards from across the different lines of business. So I have financial, I have at least 20 to 21 financial management dashboards. I have probably about 40 budget dashboards because there's all kinds of nice nifty things going on in the budget process all the time. Um, I have grants dashboards, procurement dashboards, small business dashboards, which need to be, um, we need to make sure we are upholding our targets that have been set for us from the Small Business Administration. So we have all manner of dashboards for that. And in that one portal, you know, when you get in your car each day, you have a dashboard in the front of your car and it's telling you, you know, you need air in your tires or something's going on with the fluid levels or et cetera. It it pings you and it lets you know, well, that was the purpose of my dashboard. So I think that um, when I got this particular dashboard together, um, it's a portal and it has all the various dashboards. I was able to share those dashboards with the other executives within the Department of the Interior, first in our headquarter level, and they are able to use the data. And, and the dashboards, you can actually run reports in, in whichever way that you feel you need to run the reports. The dashboards are done through Tableau. Um, because um, it's, it's we're able to do trending analysis um, and have all types of other methodologies for using business intelligence on, on creating graphs and charts and, and et cetera from the dashboards, uh, from the data that's collected. But one of the key things is we have to make sure that the data is good data that it's um it goes in one time there's a key source a primary source for obtaining the data and that everybody is still using that exact same data so we're not recreating we're not asking people to re-enter the data in in different systems and then 
You know, we don't have the problem of, oh, we need to make sure this, the Apple still is the same Apple over in this other system. Apple is spelled A-P-P-L-E in all the systems. So we have a data dictionary across DOI. We're making sure that it's all, all the data means the same thing across the whole department so that the same data is can be interpreted in the same way. Um, and, and when you get that dashboard, we know that it's clean. It's clean data. It's not data being married from various sources and Apple spelled APP or as an abbreviation or AP period, or it's it's the same across the department. So making sure that your data quality is good, making sure you have a data dictionary, make sure you have data standardization, you know, data standards so that your data standardization is clean across the department and that we have one true source of where our data comes from. And that's where the dashboards come from. They come from the one true source, which is our financial management business, our financial business management system. I think that's very, very key because we need that data in order to look at our risks across the department and do risk appropriate risk management, enterprise risk management, and make really solid decisions on whether we want to um, accept a risk or say, no, we don't want to accept a particular risk or mitigate the risk in a certain way. So definitely being able to pull your data together across the department, having your awesome dashboards, you can look at it in a glance every day. I can look at my dashboards and see very key things that I'm looking for. We also have uh, key performance indicators. So there's certain dashboards that are key every day. We're looking at every day on those particular indicators to see where we are. And I think that that's very um, helpful for executives and leadership in each in in the various departments and with definitely within our department. We have actually shared some of our dashboards with OMB. Um, we've provided demos at least on three, I want to say three or four different dashboards, and they love them. So now the question was, how can we possibly share our dashboards with the government, with the other federal agencies? Our dashboards are behind our firewall right now. So we're actually looking into how can we share that uh the data that we've collected that might be kind of overarching data across the department. I mean, I'm sorry, across the federal government or at least the dashboard so that they can dump some of their data in as well. And we can have the government wide perspective on several of the key performance indicators. So that's something we're working on. Um, we're excited to do it. Um, always excited to brag about what we're doing in DOI. <laughs> it's part of what this podcast is. I like the humble brag. It's all good. It's all good. And hey, this is good for folks who are listening want to know what our federal agencies and, and things are paying tax money for. We like that visibility. That's just fantastic stuff. It's actually a really good segue into the next question, which has to do with a culture, fostering that culture of data-driven innovation and collaboration. You know, how how can agencies learn from you and foster more of that culture and maybe help cross-pollinate that across the multiple agencies to accelerate a lot of what we're calling IT modernization. So I definitely think it starts with a vision, uh, actual vision from your leadership, um, putting the vision statement out, putting it in, and it needs to be something like, for instance, you know, when I was at HH, HHS, I told them I wanted Vicky and Vicky was from the movie iRobot. She was a artificial intelligence positronic brain that actually ran the, uh, the, the agency and ultimately the city. Now, Vicky didn't turn out so well at iRobot. They had to use nanobots to shut her down. She kind of went crazy on us, but that's not what the part that I want. I just wanted, you know, over our 
leveraging artificial intelligence. Here in DOI, I've given my team um, across the board the vision that um, I'm Starfleet and they are the Starship Enterprise and they are to boldly go, you know, where no person has gone before. That means seek out new life and new, you know, civilizations. You know how in Star Trek, they, well, they are to seek out new innovations, you know, and not be afraid, not be afraid of the risk. Let's take a look at the risks of, you know, putting in an AI or, or putting in a blockchain or, or what have you. Um, and let's talk about that and let's let's look at how we can do a pilot to see how we can mitigate it. I think the vision starts with the top. You have to, as a leader and executive within the agency at the top leadership levels, provide the vision for everyone and let them know you're backing them up when they come up with those use cases and those different pilots that they want to perform. Let's help them find the resources to do it. Let's let's support them and let's let's do it in a sandbox if necessary to make sure we mitigate the risks on it. But definitely, um, I think that the vision starts at the top and then you have to bring everybody in. You have to allow for them to have, you know, feedback and you have to allow for them to participate. And it's not something, yes, the vision may start to top, but it's the it's growing from the bottom though. The actual implementation of it will grow from the bottom as our as our people bring forth the business cases to fulfill that vision. And then they be, they bring forth the methodology and the resources and, and they get excited about it. And that's how we get it across, you know, how we've gotten it across our our, our department within Interior. And I think that's how it's going to grow across the, the federal government. Yeah, we had talked about that on the panel a little as well. You know, you really need that buy-in from the top. You need the, the senior leadership to say, we believe in this technology, any technology that you'd like to adopt. We're going to move forward with this. And I want you, everybody under me, to feel comfortable to use, embrace this technology. Don't think it's replacing you. Don't think it's making your job any less. It's actually probably going to help you do your job better because you're going to be doing the work that you want to do, exactly. not that boring work, right? In a another panel that uh, I had moderated of, of maybe two years ago at this point, we had been talking about it. We said, you know, get your stakeholders involved, ask them the jobs and the tasks and the roles that they do not want to do and automate those first. Exactly. Exactly. Don't automate what they That's like. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. And sometimes you really need to kind of look at that and say, okay, that's what we need to do, right? We really need to be looking and saying, okay, let's let's automate the tasks that people don't like to do. And then they'll all feel empowered to do it. And as you mentioned, the innovation starts at the bottom too. So they can think about different ideas and get jazzed up. Yes, exactly. So this has been such a wonderful podcast. We could probably go on forever, but I know we do need to be mindful of our time. So we like to add, end our podcast with asking the same question to everybody because all of our guests are able to bring their unique perspectives to this question. What do you see or hope to see as the future of technology and innovation in the government? I would like to see us join together across the 24 CFO Act agencies, 26 grant-making agencies, some of which are the same. I would like to see us get together and really share, truly share the innovations that we have already implemented, really share ideas um, for a government-wide vision on innovation and information technology. Let's get together. Um, let's look at the the risks overarchingly across the across the federal departments, um, and let's coordinate and collaborate and come up with a plan and a, a, an innovation roadmap, if you will, uh, across the entire federal government. I would love to see that, and then let's let's map out from that roadmap 
how we're going to get it done over the next two years to five years. And I say two to five because everything's changing really quickly. You know, it's chat GPT today. It may be something else tomorrow, like literally like tomorrow. So I'd like to see us first, though, get together and try our best to um, collaborate to build that innovation roadmap and and then look toward the future. Let's let's start and let's start doing it. Let's maybe different departments will take on key innovations like this particular department will be responsible for the blockchain pilot. And this one will be responsible for, you know, a, um, a RPA pilot or a set of RPAs in a particular business area. And this one, and then we come together and we share the lessons learned and the experiences. And then we start onloading the other departments um, for shared services in those particular areas where other departments have the lead on the blockchain or the RPA or the AI or what have you. I would love to see us just come together and, and just really um, be that 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 starship enterprise as a government that goes boldly, you know, where no person or no agency, no country has gone before. Let's do it, you know. Anyway, <laughs> it's fantastic. We love that vision, and we love the idea of coming together. That's that's what we're all about. We love that cross pollination, cross ideas. You know, it, I, it, great innovation comes from everywhere, comes yes. from everyone. And I think this is what this is all about. And we hope our listeners who are listening, reach out, make some connections. Don't be shy. Let's let's get this whole thing working. <laughs> so as mentioned, we we love this podcast. We're definitely going to keep engaging. We'll probably have you back a few more times. So uh, <laughs> all of our listeners stay tuned. Uh, but I really wanted to thank you so much, Andrea, for being on our GovFuture podcast and sharing your fantastic insights with our audience. Thank you so much. It's been fun. Yeah, thank you so much. And we've got great resources if you're looking to get more insight and detail on a range of technology that we discussed in this podcast and other topics. Check out our resources, books, courses, checklists, explainer videos, webinars, and more at govfuture.com slash resources, tailored just for our GovFuture listeners. Become a member of GovFuture to take advantage of all that the community has to offer, including access to a diverse network of government innovators, opportunities to collaborate with government agencies, exclusive access to events and resources, and a platform to have a voice in shaping the future of government innovation. Go to govfuture.com join, and I'll make sure to link to both the resources and the GovFuture membership in the show notes. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, make sure to subscribe and also rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. To view this episode's show notes, find additional episodes, subscribe to this podcast, and join the fastest growing community of government innovators, go to govfuture.com slash podcast. This sound recording and its contents are copyright GovFuture, all rights reserved. Music by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening to the GovFuture podcast and catch you at the next episode.